0: Welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. I'm Diane Hullett, and today I'm here with a special guest, Mary Ann Oglesby-Southerly. I think I got that right. You did. All right. Mary Ann is the founder and executive director of the Veranda Ministries, and she works extensively in the field of dementia. So welcome, Mary Ann. Well, thank you. It is great to be here. It's nice to meet you. I've been looking forward to this.
1: Um, Yeah, you know... Podcast and aging and dementia and all those things kind of combined. It's it's just uh we talked earlier, it's a great place to be. It's a great it's- place to be these days because there's a lot to be said, there's a lot to be done, and I'm honored to be here. Um, you know, I heard your podcast driving down the road one day when you were talking to Barbara uh about hospice and you know I listened and I listened to you and I listened to her and I thought, well heck you know what, we're going to try this. And it was just, I'm telling you, it was eye-opening because I am a doula. That's part of my, uh, of what I do. And I was actually a doula before there was such a word as aging doulas or end of life doulas. I've done this a long time. I'm not a spring chicken. I know people in podcast land can't see me, but I'm not a spring (laughs) chicken. It's an experienced chicken. It's an experienced chicken. And so when I listened to Barbara and I and I heard her talk about how hospice had changed, I, I was on the, I was in the cutting, in the early stages. I'll just put it that way. In the early stages of when dementia really came to fruition, many times as a little girl, I would hear somebody say they have hardening of the arteries or whatever. And so um, once I got started and was in a, I tell everybody. You probably will understand this, but I was a nurse in a family practice, kind of like um, what is the word I'm looking for? Kind of like Dr. Welby. And when I tell that, most people will look at me and go, who is Dr. Welby? (laughs) A certain age we know. (laughs) A certain age we know. So um, anyway, um, I saw people coming in that just did not seem, as they called it back then, to have a mental illness they were different they were aging there were things different they were not schizophrenic they were not bipolar they were just getting older and forgetful and so it was kind of really early in in the game and then we had a lady that came that we were on call one weekend and she came in for her checkup and she had on her robe and i thought that was kind of strange you know you see all these visual cues now that you you know But then it was just strange. Well, then about two or three weeks later, there was a car accident down from the doctor's office. And the doctor that I worked for said, there's been a terrible wreck. Someone's going up the ramp instead of down the ramp. And they were killed. And they said the little lady was in her pajamas. Well, I knew immediately it was probably her. And so it was. And I would never forget her because it started me in a journey caring for those with dementia that's lasted 25 years. And so I, you know, we laugh when I, um, I am certified with Tipa Stowe as a trainer and a coach and a consultant, which I'm proud of. I've been listening to Tipa since Tipa wasn't the person that everybody went to 25 years ago. Right. So I've saw her in her old videos when I worked in a program for people with dementia and so that that training through TIPA, those certifications through TIPA has taught me many things about dementia. But the but the probably how do I want to say this? The one thing that she has taught me is that people living with dementia are people too. And sometimes when we get to speaking about what is dementia, what's taking place, sometimes we forget the person with dementia but there's two people in this family there's the person with dementia and then there's the family as well and so sometimes the same things work but sometimes they don't and so I'm a huge advocate for those living with dementia they're given a bad rap they're always thought of as people with quote behaviors which we call them unmet needs it's not always behaviors and so um you know I I love what I do. I have a program for people with dementia that come during the day, a respite program. It was so important to me that three years ago, I had to go to the state of Tennessee and have legislation passed in order for us to stay because we are housed in a church building. We are our own separate nonprofit, but we, in order to stay open, we had gone five years, laws changed had to have a new law. And so I worked a year to get legislation passed to where, you know, many churches has mother's day out programs where you can take your children. Yeah. And so I had two legislators come to the veranda and sit and look at me one day. And, and I said, they, they thought they were being <laughs> put, taken to the chopping block because they didn't know what they were coming for. And I said, can you just answer me one question? Why can a mother with a child, take their children to the church to have a program. But if you're older, there's no place to go. And you're, you, there's so many rules and regulations. You can't love on them. And I said, why is that? If you can have mother's day out, why can you not have caregiver day out in the world in which we live? Well, she just looked at me and said, I don't know that
0: answer. Yeah. 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 That was a convincing
1: moment, a convincing moment. And she said, I will find out. And so that started the journey. And so there was uphills and downhills, you know. Tennessee is one of the most licensed medical that there is. I mean, you have to have a license for everything. So the bill actually kept us from having to have a adult day services license, like an adult day care program. But it put us with the DHS, Department of Human Services, as a person that had been waivered that license because we were respite. We're totally a respite program. We are not a true adult daycare, but we have to abide by the same rules for some of them. And we have our own rules. So it was a big day that day because it kept us going. And up until that time, up until today, actually, we probably had two 225 families because the average stays two and a half years. So if you take someone with dementia and you Give them their world. You let them have a room where they can be who they are, which is what we should be. But, you know, I mean, you let them be who they are. You let them talk about the things they want to talk about, laugh at the things they want to laugh at. They thrive. They, thrive. they thrive.
0: That's, that's really it. And so your program is, it, it is a day program and yes. you have about how many people? we are allowed by the state to have 15 at one
1: time. And Uh so they're allowed a certain amount of hours. Truly 15 people living with dementia in all different uh, stages is a lot on some days. Um, You know, we have six or seven men now. Some have frontal temporal lobe, which we can talk later about those, those types of dementia. But but one one day was blowing a harmonica. One made a sound like a, a, a parrot in a tree. One was going dub 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 dub. One was going, and so all of this was going on at the same time. And I just walked in that room and I went, okay, this is <laughs> this <laughs> okay, is gonna we, be a day. got some chaos going We've on. We got here, some, but chaos. This is some you contained
0: embrace. chaos. But you know what? They were happy.
1: They were happy. They were smiling.
0: And so are these people who in, in your program, they come to you for a day or a part of the day and then they're part living the with family
1: or they're they living live with- in home. They all live at home. Mm-hmm. And so it gives them socialization. I don't care who you are in this day and time we live. If COVID taught us anything, it taught us that you cannot live in seclusion. We are not made to be in seclusion. And so when you take someone with dementia, who's used to getting out or you lock a wife and a husband in a house for a long period of time it, it it was it was just as detrimental to them almost as it was to be in a community setting and not get to see their loved ones not quite as bad yeah but, but still really had not. lasting effects really. so that was a, a uh, an issue sometime when we started back we did not have to close the state of tennessee did not require adult day services because people had to work yeah. and they knew if they did then it would but we were very careful but we did close you know at some point but my point is they live here they stay here for a while and they're who they want to be
0: yeah and they're who they want to be well well, back up for us just a little marianne and talk can you just tell us you know what is dementia how do we um how do we caregivers or people um watching our spouses or our parents or our siblings how do we understand dementia? What, what, you know, what helps I, us at the beginning of this journey? I know, so in the beginning,
1: it's always devastating when you hear that word. And so uh, dementia itself is a chemical change in the brain. It's a structural change, will end up being a very severe structural change. Um, it, the brain is actually dying. It's, and you know, people think that they still say it's mental illness, but it is not. It is a structural change in the brain. The brain will actually, the best way I know to describe it sometimes is, you know, those loofah sponges back in the seventies that were hard as a rock, but you stick Mm -hmm. them in water and they balloon out and they're so moist and juicy and they just feel so soft. Well, it's kind of the polar opposite. You've got a nice juicy brain that's functioning great. And then it starts to shrink and then it gets holes in it, bigger holes. And then it gets dry. I mean, the juice, the, the fluid around the brain dissipates. Um, And so it, it, it's just a terrible disease. It is a terrible disease and um, cognitive functioning, those things that, that we all take for granted, you know, they lose the ability and it's a slow, it's the longest death. It is the most dreaded disease in this country, even in the world, actually. Um, so it's brain failure. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It, that's the best word. It's just brain failure and it's a long journey.
0: And, and, and it seems like my understanding is there are a lot of different kinds, like depending oh, there's, on-
1: There's hundreds, hundreds, there's hundreds wow. of dementias. And, and I might say here that people call it dementia. But it's, it's really, dementia is a big umbrella. Dementia has many raindrops that drop from that umbrella of dementia. So to say that someone, I have people coming in, I don't have Alzheimer's. I don't have, my loved one doesn't, she just has dementia. It's almost impossible to have just dementia. You have a dementia. You uh-huh. have a certain kind of dementia. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's hard because it's hard to get that diagnosis even.
0: Right, there there are variations, and depending on which part of the brain is being impacted, right? Exactly. Like getting exactly. the clarity. I, I know I read somewhere that you really can't know exactly until someone has died, and then at that point, you know, really, you you maybe you, know, you can.
1: If you could get a PET scan, mm-hmm. but Medicare doesn't pay for a PET scan. PET scans show many many more things than even an MRI with contrast. Without contrast, you don't see as much. With contrast. You do see quite a bit more, and so that that brain ceases to function at a very slow, slow mm. pace. A
0: slow pace, and depends on the individual, and depends and on does. type of dementia. Depends
1: on what type of dementia. How? The most common is Alzheimer's.
0: Yep, yep. And same, same. Why is that the most common? Or what do you know about that? You know,
1: I I think. I'm not even really know if I could answer that correctly without, um, I just know that it affects the majority of people. Most of the time we see there's more women that have it. Um, there's certain demographics of people that seem to have it, um, more than others, but, but dementia Alzheimer's is that one that is the most because Dr. Alzheimer's saw the plaques and the tangles and you can see that and you know that you can see, mm-hmm. but vascular dementia comes from vascular issues, strokes, things like that. Lewy bodies, it's whole, it's a whole different thing, but you can't see the Lewy bodies. If mm-hmm. You get a PET scan, you can see those Lewy bodies. So there's many kinds. There's frontal temporal. There's, we have, clients now that have frontal temporal that were um veterans who had agent orange who has ptsd so you throw all of that in there and god love them it's just it's just a bad place to be so there's all kinds but imperative if i could say one thing families need to say i want to know what kind of dementia don't let them say it's just dementia. Find out what kind, because the treatment's different. How they react is different.
0: Yes. Everything is different. Interesting. So there's the challenges of getting the accurate diagnosis. Exactly. And then there's the challenges of not knowing how it will progress, both exactly. the person living with it and for the family members, exactly. caretakers. And then there's just the challenges of the day-to-day. I mean, you, you wrote a book. You wrote a wonderful mm-hmm. book called Remember For Me, Life mm-hmm. Lessons from Those Living With Dementia. Tell right. us tell us about the book. Well, the book is um,
1: stories from families I've cared for and for people living with dementia. And if I was a voice for anyone, it probably is a voice for families, but it's more for a voice for those that live with dementia, because for some reason, that's there's a part of my heart that can sit down and talk to them. And, you know, it doesn't make a bit of sense to anyone in the world, but me. And those stories in that book are from people that I've cared for over the years. And they were precious, precious souls to me. And I had the honor of, you know, it's pretty funny when you come here, I don't know you as you used to be. All I know you as is the person living with dementia. So for me, it's easier for me to love them with dementia than it is not to love. But for me, I love them in a different way. Right. You just take them where they are. I take them where they are. And it doesn't bother me because that person has got a long journey. I've known some of them for 10 years. Right. Right. You know, so I have a great relationship. The families, it's hard. Right. Because they love the person they used to be. And I get that. It, right. it, it, it's a, it is a doula made, a dementia doula made relationship because if you're going to care for somebody with dementia, it's a long journey. There is no six months before you pass away, so to speak, that you can come in and say, Now, Mr. Joe, what would you like? Because Mr. Joe should have been asked that question 10 years ago, right. eight years ago, five right. years ago. If you right. want the accurate, what it is and and so that is really a part of me that I want people to understand if you work with people with dementia it's a journey
0: it's I a loved, long haul I love that to kind of like it, it isn't a, it isn't the same as a diagnosis that's terminal it's really no. a diagnosis of a huge change I remember one friend whose mother had dementia and really went quite far, you know, with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, she kind of recognized him, but he said his, his relationship with her in that state, in that new Mm -hmm. place changed when he realized he could treat it almost like improv. So he said he would come into her room and he would just see what she said. And he would just respond in the moment and just kind of riff and be with her. And he said, he kind of found a a way to find some joy with her in the midst of the grief of having Having lost right. her as he knew her,
1: exactly, and I, I
0: always stayed with me because I thought it was such a profound way for the caregiver slash son to kind of reinvent his relationship. And yes, he mourned and grieved he what does. had changed, but it's he the longest mourning. But as he said, one. he found a way to be in the journey.
1: Yeah, and it is a journey. And I always tell people we have to find joy in the journey. If we can't find joy, everyone is going to be miserable. And so the things that they say that's just hilarious to me, families might think, oh, so sometimes I'll tell them and sometimes I won't. We had a lady one time that told all about her christmas eve with her dad drive coming in from the war and she knew when she heard the train whistle that her dad was going to be there for christmas eve and as a child she looked out it was this most we were crying literally laid over singing silent night cry and thinking what a story and not a bit of it was true oh (laughs) yeah but it was a great story it was an experience and it's an experience and you know what she was, it was as real as the rain outside in my office today to her. And she was thrilled because she talked about her daddy. There was a train track. She taught, he was in the war. It was Christmas. She was having memories that just got all tangled up, but for, but for 10 minutes, she had the floor
0: Wow, and she could tell her story. And she was in her emotions as they were in that, you know, quote unquote, fabricated story. But does it matter? Does it matter? It does not. And that's, I think they've taught me how to love.
1: I always say this. I've learned more about love from people that don't know my name than anyone I've ever known. They are the most loving to me. I can walk in a room the other day and I didn't have on eyeshadow. It was craziness. I'd been to the dentist and my mouth was all swollen and I just didn't feel good and I did, they knew I didn't have on eyeshadow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where's that that stuff you know what right they you know they you don't look the same yeah. you know or and sometimes I say, that dress or that outfit's ugly. Your hair doesn't look good today. I don't like your hair like that. And I go, well, I'm so sorry. You know, super if there's direct. one thing, you know, the uh, information that's out there, the one thing I tell people, there's five I'm sorries. If there's one thing I've learned from Tepa Snow, those five I'm sorry's, five ways to say I'm sorry will keep you out of more hot water than anything. It doesn't. I'm not right. They're right. So if they tell me I look ugly, I'll just say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I just didn't have time today and I I, I'll do better tomorrow. Is that okay if I do better? Well, you better do better. Well, I'll try. And I'm so sorry, you know, but it puts them, it gives them a way to feel like they're in charge. Sure.
0: As you said at the beginning, I'm seeing it less as behavioral problems and more as needs that need to be met. Needs. There's that.
1: You've got to have you've got to meet their needs and we all have the same needs. We want to be loved. We want to have water. We want to We want agency, to, you know, agency or control. We, yeah. We want people to Think of us that we have sense. I mean, you know, I'm from the South, but good grief. Sometimes people just think people with dementia are stupid. They are not stupid. They are trying their best, their best to live in a world that they don't understand either. And in the dark of the night, trust me on this, in the deep darkness of night, they lay in the bed and say this, I can promise you. What is happening to me? I don't want it to happen to me. How am I going to die? When am I going to die? They they know what dementia is. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, they know. They get that diagnosis. They know that that it's, quote unquote, a disease that there's no cure for. And so they go, I'm going to. Am I going to wake up in the morning and not know who I am? Am I going to wake up in the morning and not know who my grandchildren are? Am I going to wake up in the morning and not know who my husband, I've loved him 65 years. What am I going to do? Yeah, I love him. They are that way. And we have to see them that way. Or we can't help them. Yeah, We can't reach them if we don't. And that's where those I'm sorry's come in. I'm so sorry you feel this way. I am just so sorry. You know, I'm sorry. My
0: it's a lot of things. Fits a lot of things. So beautiful, beautiful. Well, Marianne, I think this might be a perfect place to pause on our okay. part one of our podcast, because I think there's so much to talk about. Um, let's pause here with this okay. um, beautiful piece of having learned so much from people who are strangers about love, right? The sense of being present with them. Right. Thanks so much for part one. And we look forward to our second conversation. Thank you.